For the week of February 21st, 2017, this is the Washington State Indivisible Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Stephen Cox. Hello. On the show this week, it is recess time for our members of Congress. I kind of feel like a school bell sound effect would go well here. Ah, there we go. Uh, We will break down what that recess means and which state politicians have what planned with the strangers, Rich Smith. Then we will talk with the founder of the indivisible affiliated group, North Central Washington United, Michael Nash, who put together an in absentia town hall meeting for District 8's Dave Reichert. And of course, we will have this week's call to action. We welcome now writer Rich Smith, who writes about local politics, among other things, for the Seattle Weekly paper, The Stranger. Hello, Rich. Hi. So let's talk about your story from the 16th about members of Congress from around the state who actually will be holding town halls with their constituents. Last week, we talked about the ones who have opted not to. So let's talk about some of them who are. Uh, It is now officially resistance recess. Uh, So uh, let's just start with a spoiler. Are there any Republicans who will be holding real, honest to God, actual town halls? There are still no Republicans <laughs> in the state of Washington who are hosting real, honest to God, uh, town halls, as far as I know yet. Uh, Kathy McMorris Rogers, um, it's been reported um, uh, this morning, uh, uh, hosted a, a telephone town hall last night, um, and that didn't go over very well. What do you know of- about that? I, I, was, I was reading the, the spokesman, and um, they were reporting that a number of people had um, trouble dialing in mm. uh, to the telephone conference, that uh, information, the, the correct PIN number wasn't given out until 20 minutes before the conference, and a different PIN number had been given out beforehand. The day prior to the telephone conference, there was a coffee with Kathy meeting that a number of uh, people protested because they didn't get into that that that, that meeting. Uh, and so there's been some uh, pushback there. There are three Reichertless town hall actions <laughs> happening yeah. uh, dur- during this week. There was one last night in Kashmir. And I should actually billboard that uh, we're going to be talking to Michael Nash of the group North Central Washington United, who was the one who uh, formed that meeting, uh, the town hall in absentia for Dave Reichert. Uh, so that'll be coming up in the next segment of the show. But uh, I think we're also talking about his uh, Reichert's Facebook town hall on Thursday, the 23rd, in conjunction with uh, Casey. ETS. That's right. That's right. That's happening. Um, and, and, and at the same time that that's happening uh, in Issaquah, there is uh, another uh, Reichert Town Hall in absentia or Reichertless Town Hall, however you <laughs> want to put it. Um, and there's a, a couple hundred people on, on Facebook that are scheduled to, uh, to attend that rally. They want to ask them about tax returns. Reichert's on the Ways and Means Committee in the House. Right. And he recently voted against asking Donald Trump to reveal his, um, his tax returns. There's also another action today scheduled uh, outside of Reichert's Issaquah office. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that starts at, uh, at 11. There'll I believe be that is Phil Reichert's parking lot, I believe. I believe that's, that's right. What the, that's what the movement is going on there. Uh, all right. Well, so then let's talk about some of the Democrats who will be holding town halls. Uh, who are they? Let's start with Derek Kilmer of District Six. That encompasses the uh, Olympic Peninsula and most of Tacoma. What did you find out about him? Derek Kilmer. That's right. He's <laughs> my dude. Uh, he's highly educated uh, congressman. 
uh, and uh, he's got he's going on a town hall tour this uh, recess. Yeah, I guess he likes him so much he's actually doing a tour of them. That's right. He's yeah. got two scheduled uh, for the state work period. One's in Tacoma, one's in Bremerton, um, and he'll have a couple more uh, coming out um, in March in Squim. And then there's also a telephone town hall. But he explicitly says that his telephone town halls are for people who have trouble um, physically, you know, getting to uh, a, a place. And so um, th- that seems to be a, a useful uh, distinction there. He wants ACA stories from people. He's actually one of the Congress people who I think is going to push. Uh, he's going to advocate on behalf of the ACA. So I think he wants stories from people in his district. He's also what you called in your article a pro-business Democrat. Uh, so that might make kind of an interesting mix at his town halls. Yeah, likely. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some, quote, fiscal conservatives, uh, but uh, social liberals um, who'd show up. And, and that would provide some interesting networking opportunities among among the liberals, I think. Well, I will say that this whole uh, post-election period has created some very interesting bedfellows and uh, will uh, no doubt continue to do so as we... God, it's only been a month. Um, <laughs> it's been one month uh, since... Uh, Actually, one month and one day as of the recording of this show. Um, So let's talk about Rick Larson, District 2, uh, Bellingham. He uh, holds frequent town halls, but uh, apparently none are scheduled as of right now. No, I guess he's tired. Uh, <laughs> I don't have um, much more uh, on Rick Larson except for that he is one of the, um, on average, one of the most accessible Congress people in the House. Um, he holds an average of 10 public town halls and or community coffees uh, every year. And since 2011 has held more than 70 public events. Um, so if you want to get a hold of Larson, he's out there. Uh, he'll, he'll talk at you. All right. So Denny Heck, uh, District 10 of Olympia and Puyallup, uh, among other cities, has some very interesting things planned. Uh, tell us about them. He's on his way to Singapore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he does, uh, for the, for this recess at least, uh, he's the co-chair of the Congressional Singapore Caucus, and he's also on the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. And um, since he uh, covers the district that covers Joint Base Lewis McCord, mm-hmm. uh, he's often involved in uh, international travel, so he's not going to be there. But on March 4th, he does have a community gathering called, wait for it, March 4, our healthcare. <laughs> Listen, I love a pun. And I, well, it's I nothing will... like May the 4th be with you, which I think was a Star Wars release date, but yeah. <laughs> That's right. March 4th, May the 4th. These are dates that can also be sentences. I'm pro date puns. Why not? Uh, yeah. yeah. In any case, it's going to be about, uh, you know, it's going to be a march um, about the Affordable uh, Care Act, about Medicaid, uh, Medicare and Medicaid. Um, and after the a small speaking program, uh, there's going to be a neighborhood walk that's in quotes uh, to promote healthy living and civic engagement. So it sounds like the most marchiest march that politician could possibly organize without calling it a protest. Right. Or, or a 10 K. Yeah, exactly. Right, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, Adam Smith of district nine, that's uh, East Seattle and Bellevue. He is very popular with the indivisible movement. Uh, what's he got cooking for the recess? 
He has uh, nothing <laughs> in February. <laughs> this is going to be a theme. Uh, he's got nothing in February, but he does have. He also has a, a, a town hall scheduled uh, somewhere in southeast Seattle uh, on March. Okay. Well, now let's uh, finish by talking about our two senators. Uh, We'll start with Maria Cantwell. Um, She's kind of the less visible of the two. Will she be holding any gatherings? She's up for real. Yeah, she's up for reelection in 2018, which to me makes it a little bit funny that she would have a a sort of invisible uh, disposition. But she says that she's going to hold some public gatherings. I'm checking my email right now and I'm getting no press releases from her staff. So uh, it doesn't seem like she has any public meetings. I do know that there is uh, in Seattle a town hall in absentia, both uh, for Cantwell and for Patty Murray, uh, so they have an invitation, an open invitation to attend that uh, that town hall. Well, Patty Murray has been pretty busy pushing back against the Trump agenda in a very public way. She has yeah. talked about meeting directly with communities and holding roundtables. But I think if she is, if she doesn't have anything scheduled as of right now, we'll give her a pass. Uh, since she did so much during the last session, she filibustered Betsy DeVos, pushed back against uh, Andrew Pudzer. She's planning on filibustering SCOTUS nominee uh, Neil Gorsuch. And she also spoke out against now EPA head Scott Pruitt. So yeah, and uh, well, actually, Patty Murray is uh, holding a, a public meeting. Well, it's not really a public meeting; it's more of a speaking event. And I think some members of the public are invited. It's called uh, pa- "Stand with Workers and Families uh, to Call Out President Trump for Breaking His Campaign Promise to Put American Workers First. They're working on the title anyway. That's <laughs> at uh, Fair Start. Um, on Virginia Street in uh, in downtown Seattle. So she'll be talking about workers there. I like, and I'm sure that other Democrats like, uh, a kind of economic focus to that, to that messaging. Well, and you can see that in her verbiage on her website that she, as well as other Democrats, are really going to hammer home this message of economic populism as much as they can and try to cleave away some of those disaffected uh, I guess, blue collar workers who went for Trump in this last election. Uh, I think the Democrats are going to do a full court press to say, hey, he's not going to bring those jobs back. So we're the real party of the, you know, of, of the working class. Yeah, I mean, if they, I mean, they, they have uh, an economic message and, and, and for some reason they don't shout it loud enough, tax the rich people, uh, spread it around to the poor. And here's why it's a here's why, the, you know, that's a good idea and why that's better for everybody. You know, if you want to get a movement going, you need to, to push a narrative. And that seems like a pretty convincing narrative uh, to me. Well, we'll keep uh, we'll keep track of it and we'll check back in next week. Rich Smith, thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me. My guest on the podcast this week is Michael Nash. He is the founder of the group North Central Washington United, which covers the part of Washington's 8th Congressional District around Wenatchee and Leavenworth in Chelan County. I started our interview by asking him if he had done much organizing or activism before founding his group. Um, not so much grassroots, but I'll, but on the other hand, so my... Uh, my bachelor's degree was in social work. Um, oh, so, really? Where did you get the, your bachelor's yeah, degree from? Uh, University of Washington. I, I was born and raised over in Seattle. Huskies. 
Yes, Huskies, go Huskies. <laughs> uh, I, I was, um, yeah, so I was involved with a lot of different social service uh, type positions. I founded a organization in Seattle called Rainier in a Year. It was also, had a kind of a parent title of Ventures Unlimited, and we uh, took youth that were incarcerated or at risk, and we paired them up with sort of a big brother, big sister, and then we did a bunch of weekend uh, activities like rock climbing and hiking and skiing and mountain climbing, and then the year culminated in a in a ascent of Mount Rainier. Really? Um, so you yeah. you took the kids all the way up to the top of Mount Rainier? Yeah, yeah. We did Baker, we did Adams, kind of to get ready, and then the big the big end of the year thing was Rainier. And the goal, though, of course, was to just give re, get you know get get these kids relationships and yeah. um, get them connected with adults that would care for them. And so I did that sort of thing. Worked at the YMCA uh, group home. Um, worked up here at Alpine Boys Ranch. So I did a bunch of uh, kind of social work, social service administration type things. And when you say here, I just should stress for people listening: you are in Plain. Washington. Yeah, Plain, Plain, Washington. Yeah. And how long have you been out there for? We've been here for 28 years. We moved out here with our six-month-old, and I told my wife that I would stay for two years. I was I was a city boy, and I yeah. didn't think I could handle it out here, and now here I am. <laughs> 28 years later. It's funny how time goes, you know? Yeah, like yeah, all of a sudden, like- wow, 28 years goes by just like that. Um, so let's talk about your group and how you got started. Uh, apart from from selection, uh, was there a specific moment or a catalyzing moment that made you decide to take action and start your group? Yeah, there was, and it was. I'm a reluctant um, activist for sure, in the sense that um, you know I don't have time for this. <laughs> That's just the bottom line. And um, <laughs> after the election, of course, there were. You know, I was reeling and um, kind of in shock. And, um, we all were. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really. And there's just so many people. I, I, I'm in Seattle actually quite a bit. I'm there every week because my work, uh, my actual real job is over there. So I was, half the week I was surrounded by people that were sort of commiserating together and kind of sharing in our shock. And then I come over here, and of course, and it's just a lot more, it's a mixed community um, for sure. It's definitely more of kind of a red state area that you live in. Uh, I think right. out there. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It really is. And so there's a lot of people here feeling like we didn't really have a place to dialogue and sort of uh, not just support one another, but try to figure out what the hell to do next and, and, and how to, what to do, uh, who to talk to, how to get support. And so I had a friend of mine, this was literally, I don't know, three days after the election. Um, there was no indivisible yet. Um, I had a, a friend of mine say, look, you know, you're kind of a, you know, you do this sort of thing in real life. You're a good leader. Why don't you, just get some people together and, and chat. And so I thought about it and thought, all right, what's the harm? And so I put out a little, just a note, an email thing to some folks. And I uh, asked if we could use a local restaurant's back room and have sort of a happy hour and just get some people together to talk. And we had 60 people show up, which just blew me away. I was expecting, wow. you know, a couple dozen at the very most. Um, and there was so much energy in the room. And afterward, um, I just it just became really obvious that people needed more than a let's just get together and chat. They they needed something where they could jump in and feel like they were actually making a difference. Yeah. Yeah, and and you have also helped other people form groups, uh, indivisible groups, I assume. Um talk about that. Yeah, well, one of the things that um 
you know, we, we went ahead and, and registered with the Indivisible organization online. So we are now an Indivisible group. We weren't before. I love that but, you predated it. You know, there, the, <laughs> that, that really sort of speaks to how almost prescient you were about the movement that was to come. Well, it, it probably does, but it was also really cool because within a day or two of, of um, making the decision, you know, after that first meeting to organize, I got online and realized that there were people doing this grassroots thing, uh, you know, all over the country. And, and then I then we heard about the Indivisible thing, and it turned out to be, you know, 4,000 groups out there doing this. So we, we really do feel like we're sort of among a, a cloud of witnesses that are, you know, <laughs> all, all doing the same thing and, and doing really brave actions. Um, but yeah, I've been asked just recently to uh, help in some other groups. I went over to Seattle and helped two different groups and then a uh, little bit of work with one of the Wenatchee groups. And the idea was um, there's a lot of indivisible, indivisible groups, but not a lot of them have taken the extra step of forming action groups. And so, you know, a lot of the groups, I mean, they're doing amazing work. They're gathering uh, monthly, most of them, they're, uh, you know, doing calls to action, making tons of phone calls, showing up at representatives' offices, um, sending postcards. Um, but there's also, I think, this need for people to get involved on even a more intense, more robust way. And so we've formed these, um, I think we're up to 14 different action groups right now that we've organized. Wow. People have been able to plug into, um, you know, action groups that are focused on health care, um, education, environment, um, a relationship with elected officials, um, women's issues, um, etc. And I've been able to help some other groups um, figure out how to kind of organize that and how to find facilitators and how to make that into a reality. You are very action oriented. And I look at the uh, seven days of action document that you sent me uh, via email. And it's so comprehensive. Uh, and particularly for people who live in District 8, and I know that there are a lot of people on, in District 8 who listen to this show. Uh, is there a way that they can get your uh, your seven days of action uh, can they get on the email list and what would be, are you comfortable giving an email address for that? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, right now we've got, Oh, I haven't checked lately, but I think we've got 300 and something people receiving it that way. Um, so yeah, the email address is Nash N A S H at R A H net. Great. And I would encourage people to do that because it really is so comprehensive and it's very specific to our district. And like I said, it's very action oriented. So, yeah, I think you're right. People are really itching to not just, you know, you see a lot of, you know, angry exchanges on social media. Uh, but I think there are a lot of people who are itching for more. Uh, so that really covers that, which is great. Um, yeah. You are in Chelan County uh, right now, and that's uh, that's covered by District 8. District 8 is a big district, and I don't know yeah. if everybody knows just how big it is. It covers uh, across uh, King County, parts of Pierce County, Kittitas County, and Chelan, where you are, and it is represented by Dave Reichert, a right. name that has been heard a fair bit on this show. Uh, you have an event planned for the evening of Monday the 20th, which I want to get to in detail in just a moment. Moment. But I want to talk about some of the other objectives that are specific to your group. Can you lay some of those out for me? Well, um, let me let me just say it this way. I think the the reason we formed, you know, a couple of things. The obvious is, you know, we do believe that um, taking action, um, even even small actions, if we get enough people to make the calls and show up and and do the protests and write the letters, we do believe that change is possible. And we think that we've actually, we, you know, we truly do believe that we've seen some results over the 
last couple of months um, yep. from so many people in our country active activating. I, I, the other reason we formed though is to give people um, some uh, some focus. I don't know if if you felt the same way as I do, but you just get fire hosed every day, you know. With with it's overwhelming, on- and I I you know initially I started to think like is this just raw incompetence. Uh, but now I'm starting to think that maybe it's a feature and not a bug. Like they really do keep you reeling with the amount of just unbelievable things that get pushed out every single day, not only from the Trump administration, but also from the GOP, that it's it, it can be overwhelming. You don't know which way to take action. So I think that's one of the things that is is vital about what you're doing, particularly, like I said, with the uh, the seven days of action list is you have very specific, you know, you can you can channel a lot of that confusion into, OK, pick up the phone, call your representative, call one of the senators, you know, and, and so, yeah, so being able to channel all that is is enormously helpful. Yeah, yeah, I think that way, you know, those phone calls to corporations or to senators or to representatives or the petitions, it gives people some really specific things to check off every week. But we also have the action groups, which gives people a chance to focus their energy. And I think that that feeling of being firehosed can take its toll on you to the point where you get so either tired or discouraged or both, you just don't do anything and then you're not effective. And so we're thinking, let's, you know, let's, let's, let's focus people so that they can actually check off some boxes or show up to a small group and feel like they're being productive. You know, the, the the agenda that's out there, you mentioned the GOP and, and Trump, you know, it really is kind of the, the worst of both worlds at this point. You know, we've right. got we've got the billionaires and we've got um, the far, far religious right and we've got the corporations and, um, you know, we've got the white supremacists. Everybody has their own agenda and they now have the money and the means and the power to enact this agenda. And so, yeah, it is. We're feeling firehosed. We're feeling assaulted. I mean, every morning is a fresh new hell when you, you know, get up and <laughs> turn on the news or check Facebook. And so, so just got to focus people and, and, and encourage people. That's another thing we're doing, I think, is we're focusing on some, some self-care. We're, we're trying to help our members, um, you know, find ways to stay healthy and stay engaged without burning out. That's really important because I think a lot of people are really feeling the effects of this in ways that they weren't anticipating. Um, I have a psychologist friend who said that uh, a number of her clients that she sees now are coming in and just feeling absolutely assaulted by the things that are going on. So it's coming down to a a, a very personal and granular level. I just want to touch on one of the other things that you you mentioned uh, about your uh, call to action list, and that is corporations. That is something that not everybody uh, really thinks about. I think we're all very focused on our representatives and our members of Congress, but we're not uh, as focused on corporations. And, you know, there are a few boycott Trump hashtags going around out there. And there's some apps where you can kind of plug in your politics and, and it'll tell you, you know, don't shop here, don't buy this, don't do that. But you actually have some calls to action that include calling corporations, which is fantastic and innovative. And, and so talk about that. Well, a couple different levels on that. Thanks for mentioning that. Um, uh, number one is we're we're one of our uh, themes in just one section of our weekly call to action is let's reward people for doing the right thing as well. Let's catch people doing good. And so right. we've got a section every week that includes, um, you know, newspapers and politicians. And this last week we highlighted some corporations that have taken a stand. Um, you know, there's 127 tech companies, of course, that have you know signed the brief and, and are right. opposed. The immigration policies we've got, um, 
other companies, uh, Coca-Cola and Ford and, and others that have taken a stand. So, so one of our purposes is to, you know, these guys get, you know, Starbucks, Uber, these guys get so many negative phone calls when they take a stand like this. In fact, they're, they're like, I think, I think Starbucks was at what four to one calls were, uh, you know, negative versus positive when they took a stand. And so that's one thing we're trying to do. And, and I should just mention that the uh, Howard Schultz, the head of Starbucks, came out publicly and said that he was not only against the immigration ban, that he was also going to focus on hiring refugees yes. at Starbucks stores around the world. So Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and lots of companies have taken st- similar stands for, for various reasons. And one of the reasons they take a stand, which I've been reading about lately, is because people like us call them. Mm-hmm. and de- demand that they do or thank them for doing so. And so so that's one thing. I think the other reason we would call um, or, uh, corporations is to encourage them to take a stand. Um, and then the other thing that kind of relates to corporations, well, not kind of, but it isn't so much about calling, is you, we'd love to see less money in politics. We'd like to see Citizens United reversed. You know, we'd like to not have corporations be considered human beings. And and so, you know, we're supporting Wolfpack and other organizations that are trying to do good work in that area. Great. So let's talk about the event that you have planned for Monday the 20th. Dave Reichert has been one of the quote-unquote missing members of Congress that we have been hearing about, meaning yes. that he will not meet his constituents at a town hall meeting. So you took a page out of the Indivisible playbook and you have staged an event. Uh, so talk us, uh, walk us through what you did. Yeah, we, we have planned a town hall for the 20th in Kashmir. Our goal, our purpose originally, of course, was to have Representative Record meet us there and work with us and talk with us. And we did so much, um, went through so much to try to get him there. We basically, well, we created a couple different postcards. We had them sent to him a hundred times, at least a hundred. Um, we've called him numerous times at all his different offices. We've actually guaranteed him. We said, look, I know there's been some ugly town halls in the news. Um, that's not us. We're, we're a, we're a group of caring community members. We're respectful. So you basically told him that he's not going to walk into a, uh, a quote unquote YouTube moment by coming. We, yeah, 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 exactly. Right. We promised him that when Bass, in fact, we, we told him in many different ways that our goal is to be respectful and constructive and to, in fact, and to thank him for some things. We made it clear up front that there's some things he's done. There's some, some votes that he's, um, done that he, he, uh, did not, side with his fellow Republicans in a couple different areas, and we really appreciate that. So so we made it clear to him that this was going to be balanced and fair and, and respectful. And so, yeah, we, we tried a lot of different ways to get him to come when we discovered that he was not going to come. Um, we discovered that through a couple different ways. Um, uh, there was, there was um, a, a note in the Wenatchee world, I think, he had said that there's a rumor that there's a town hall. <laughs> And we kind of laughed about that and said, no, it's not a rumor. Not actually. a rumor. It's real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then somebody else from his office had written that we were um, deceiving the public by falsely claiming that he was going to be there. And, and we have never done that either. We made it very clear on our on our ads and our flyers that this was a town hall for the people of his district. We, we actually made it clear that we were inviting him, but that mm-hmm. he had 
yet decided to come but yeah we're doing it anyways um we're expecting just by uh you know rumor that we might get 450 people or so oh, that wow. would that's great awesome yeah we'd, we're gonna we're gonna probably have more people than can fit in the room but so in the interest of being balanced about all of this we know that representative record has said he's not going to show up but he is going to be doing a couple of other things. So let's talk about those. One of the things that he's doing is he's doing a Facebook town hall, uh, and that is going to be broadcast on KCTS. Um, so uh, you, you you are, of course, aware of that. And uh, what, what are your thoughts on it? Well, um, I'll, I'll give him a couple points for reaching out. Um, I'll, I'll subtract a lot more points, though, for uh, number one, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, it's kind of buried. Yeah, it's kind of buried. Um, it's it's you know it's safe and easy for him. You know, it's curated questions. He gets to pick and choose the questions he's going to answer. Um, you know, there's not going to be a lot of pushback or blowback. And 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 I'm not a big fan of you know I don't I don't want to see a town hall where everyone's yelling and screaming and booing and and shouting down the speaker. But I think it's going a little too far for him to. Um, have sort of that much editorial control over the event. Yeah. Um, he's also, uh, you know, again, I'll give him a couple points for this. He's He has agreed to um, meet with eight people behind closed doors over here in Wenatchee and again over in Issaquah. Um, no press, you know, closed doors, eight people. Uh, I'm going to be there. A um, couple of the, the leaders from some of the other local groups here, um, the, the indivisible groups at Wenatchee and a couple others are going to be there. So, yeah, he gets points for that. But, again, um, he's got hundreds of constituents here that would like his ear. And I just think it's um, – I don't think he's doing his job um, by hiding from us and by not showing up. I, so I understand that, you know, while you didn't get somebody from Dave Reichert's office, you actually did manage to get somebody from Governor Jay Inslee's office. Yeah. Um, one of our primary themes tonight is going to be um, the Affordable Care Act. And um, we have a lot of people that are going to be just sharing some stories and, and insights and personal anecdotes about why that law matters, what, how it's helped them. And I will just mention that uh, Representative Reichert voted to repeal without a replacement. Uh, Absolutely. So that, that Absolutely. was, I think, something that riled a lot of people up in this district, for sure. It, it really did, and that's why we want him to hear from us. Um, Dr. Bob Crittenden is coming over from Seattle, and he's um, Governor Inslee's senior health policy advisor, and he's oh, well. going to come. And he's just going to share for a few minutes up front before we kind of start the actual sort of open mic town hall part of the meeting, he's going to share a little bit about the ACA and um, where we're at politically and what's happening here in our state. Um, we are videotaping all of this, and we are going to make sure that um, Dave uh, Reichardt gets a copy of it um, so that he can hear our concerns and, and, hear, and hear Dr. Crittenden speak to the ACA. Um, we're even going to take an ad out, I think, in the Wenatchee world um, right afterwards, maybe the day after or two days after, just to say, hey, Dave, we missed you. And um, here's some uh, there's a video coming your way. Uh, please, please watch it and respond. Well, thank you for all the work that you're doing in setting that up. I hope you come back next week and tell us how it went. Yes, that'd be great. Yeah, well, let's, let's talk. Thanks for being on the show this week. No, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to, to share on your show. Time now for this week's call to action, and that action is to do whatever you can to meet with your member of Congress while he or she is home for the recess. Now, in some cases, as in the case of Dave Reichert, it is not going to be easy. 
Though I should mention that uh, since we first recorded the show, the congressman has agreed to meet one-on-one with leaders of a number of indivisible groups from District 8, including our very own Chris Petzold. Yay, Chris! Uh, We will have a full postmortem on that next week. In addition to, as I mentioned, talking again with Michael Nash about his in absentia meeting with... Representative Reichert, (laughs) we don't really mean to single you out so much on the show, uh, Congressman. Maybe a live town hall to clear the air. Oh, and you can check out full footage of the event that took place in Kashmir on Monday night at facebook.com slash mission indivisible. Again, facebook.com slash mission indivisible. Just scroll down to the section with the videos. It is a great event and well worth your time. Now, as we talked about in the opening with Rich Smith, some of you may have an easier time getting some face time with your member of Congress than others. Uh, Some of them are even going to be holding more than one event. But remember, even if your representative is not holding a town hall, you can still request a one-on-one meeting with him or her. Most of them are a little more willing to do that kind of thing. If you go to their webpage, there is usually a form to fill out requisitioning a meeting. And if you do manage to get one, uh, be sure to refer to the guidelines in the Indivisible Guide under District Office Visits. I believe that's in Section 3. And if you don't get one this time around, there is another recess coming up in April. And if you do wind up making contact, particularly if you go in a small group, hit me up here at the podcast. I would love to have you and whoever you went with uh, come on the show and talk about it. We want to hear your stories. And that is this week's Call to Action. And that is also it for this week's Washington State Indivisible podcast. I thank you all for listening. I say this often. I really want to hear from you with your feedback, your thoughts, suggestions. If you know somebody who you would like to suggest for the show, if you yourself would like to be on the show to talk about your home district or your group, the email address is WashingtonIndivisiblePod at gmail.com. Again, WashingtonIndivisiblePod at gmail.com. The Washington State Indivisible Podcast is a production of Get Creative, Inc. Thank you again to Michael Nash and the strangers Rich Smith. And special thanks to Sandy Bammer for connecting us with the North Central Washington United Group. Thank you guys always for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.